The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Good morning. What, what is this? Afternoon. This is the afternoon. This is yeah, the afternoon. Is. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of The Ash Halls, broadcast live from the Serena Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's time to kick back and light up as we turn this Wednesday into Ash Wednesday. We are always entertaining, generally unscripted, and totally unfiltered. You can stream and download us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean, and of course at theashholes.net. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ash Holes and on Instagram at Ash Holes Radio. Oliver is still away. We have Stu in the producer's seat with us. And today we are kind of putting off what we planned to do yeah, last yeah. week. We, you know, this is an unscripted show. We get to change <laughs> and do what we want when the opportunity comes. And today we had the opportunity to be joined by uh, Hamlet Paredes. Yep. Did I say that right? Okay, from Rocky Patel, and we are going to be smoking two of his cigars, Hamlet cigars that are uh, put out by Rocky Patel. It is great that you're here with us today. Thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, thank you guys for inviting me, and uh, it's my pleasure to be here with you. So where are you coming from? Where are you? So I was born and raised in Havana, Cuba. Yeah. And I've been in the United States for the last almost three years and, uh, since I joined Rocky Patel family. Right. And so where are you down in Miami? Is that where you're No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm up in, uh, in Fort Myers. Next oh, to the office. okay. Uh, you know, yeah. The headquarters is in yep. Naples. Okay. Yep. So that's where I live. Fantastic. Fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing Aaron. all right. You're doing good? Yeah, doing You had all a good right. week? You're supporting the beard now? Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to let it keep going. Gonna go, I think I'm going to go straight through November. So we'll see yeah, how that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the no shave November no thing. Shave, yeah. You've got a head start on that already. Yeah. I, well, I was going to do a few months, and then I realized it was going to end right at November. So I'll just go, keep going. <laughs> see how this goes. Looks good. <laughs> Thanks. You're pulling it off. Yeah. So have any of you even heard from Oliver while he's been gone? No, I try to avoid him. You try to avoid it. Yeah. I know, I, I know he's rocking a mustache now. But he's rocking a mustache? Yeah. Oh, so you're trying to I haven't to, looked all that cl- – <laughs> uh, you know, uh, whenever I see his stuff pop up, I, you know, like it, you know, maybe comment or something. But I don't normally – you know, he's usually posting pictures of his – whatever he's smoking or drinking, mm-hmm. not his – His stash. His yeah. stash. <laughs> his other stash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, we are smoking the um, – uh, Hamlet Tobacco. Yeah. And this is the first cigar that you did with Rocky Patel? Yes. So I've been making cigar for 25 years now. Right. And that cigar that you're smoking, guys, now is my first non-Cuban cigar. So my whole career, 22 years of out of these 25, mm-hmm. they were attached to the Cuban industry and Cuban cigars. All right. Now you got to tell us about that. How, how, did, how, did, how did that all happen? How did you get into doing cigars? Okay, so first of all, uh, I was trying to follow what my family goals were, which mm-hmm. I have few daughters in my family, <laughs> and uh, I was thinking that was my my goal in life. So, but I after a year in in college, I I I found myself out of a place, so I decided to get out of college and don't become a doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, and since to a friend of uh, the family that. He, used, he passed away already. He was one of the greatest Cuban cigar rollers. Mm. And he happens that he lives in the same building that my mom lives with me. And uh, he brought me to the factory, to the Partagas factory in Havana. Mm-hmm. And I, I was 17, turning 18 when I first got into the factory. And I got in love with the industry. And uh, I learned how to make cigars. And that was the, the beginning of everything. So now it was, your, it was kind of your parents' dream, too, for you to become a doctor. Yeah. Right? So how did they take it when you said, I, so, you I know, decided my, I want to roll cigars? Yeah. It was, you know, I, I played trick. I played a lot of tricks with them. So <laughs> I actually, making people I, feel better. I actually, no, I paid them back with the same coin. So mm-hmm. they were both teachers. So mm-hmm. they were teaching me all my life mm. that if I wanted to become something in life, I have to be always thinking that I, I wanted to be the in between the one or two, five, the main guys doing mm-hmm. whatever I was doing. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when they had a seat with me and uh, they asked me, what do you want to do now? you want right. to quit? You, you don't want to become a doctor and this and that? And I was like, guys, you all, all your life, you have been telling me 
that if I want to do something, I got to be the best. So I don't feel myself that I want to be the best doctor in the world. So I better look for forward <laughs> to another thing that I can be the best. And they were looking at each other, look at me, and like, you know, they gave me that look like, you got us, you know, like, <laughs> like I would say, you know. So Use their own logic yeah, against yeah. them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so you're this family friend or was he relative of yours who was a, a roller too? He took you to the Partagas factory. Yeah, I, and I, so I'm, I, I quick. So I'm sitting at home doing nothing. Yeah. My mom at that time was a single mom with me and my brother. Mm. And uh, so after three days doing nothing at home, mm -hmm. in one morning, somebody knocking the door. I opened the door. This, this old guy, uh, and he's like, hey, put a chair on it. We're going to get a walk, and then we're going to talk a little bit. Okay. And I'm like, that seems real. You know, like this guy <laughs> knows me since I was born. He's not my friend. He just say hello to me and bye and whatever. But mm -hmm. we never had like, more than three words. And then I said, okay. So I'm walking. Literally, my mom building, when I used to live, is like three and a half, four blocks from the Partagas factory. So I'm with, it, it was very easy for me to figure it out and put everything together. That I, it was a setup. It was mm -hmm. my mom's setup. So I'm walking with this old guy, which is a roller, on the way to the factory. I left college, and I got to do something, and I just figured it out. And I told him, I turned to him, and like, listen, uh, I do respect you. You're you an old guy. Uh, <laughs> You know me since I was born, but we're no friends. So mm. let's stop this makeup. And uh, I know I got to get a job. So it seems like I'm going to get a job. I have to get a job yeah. in the factory. Yeah. So if that is all, let's do it. You know, let, let me get a job. He just, he looked at me. He's like, yeah, you got it. You know, you got to get a job. <laughs> Your mom talked to me, blah, blah, blah. So we went to the factory. He gave me a tour. I got my job. Yeah. Came back home. So when my mom came back from work, she's like, uh, did you got a job? I'm like, uh, yes, I did. It's like, well, step one is done. So, <laughs> so and then she handed me a, a piece of uh, paper with a phone number and a, and a female name. She's like, here you go. That's a step number two. And I'm like, wow, this is the price for to get a job, you know, like a girl number or something. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. That would be your private English teacher from now on. Ah. So you call her, you're going to go there, you're going to learn. Uh, how to speak English. And we're talking about like 25 years ago. Right. In Havana, in Cuba. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I'm 17. And I'm like, mom, okay, I got it. I got the job stuff, but I, I, this doesn't make any sense. Mm. What do I need the English for? She's like, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. <laughs> you're going to go there for two hours, twice a week, and you're going to learn English. And I did that, so that changed my whole life. Mm. How, how yeah. did that change? Well, I will tell you, it's a long story. I want to make it short. I was the, the first roller that was able to make cigars and speak in English at the same time hmm. in the whole country. The first. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like 21 years old when I first got out of a country to represent Havanos out of Cuba hmm. as a young kid. So they were, they were not sending at all like young people out. Hmm. They were just sending old people. So because I was the only one that was able to, to talk to people and, you know, interact with the consumers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I went out and came back. That was what saved me. So I was proof already. So then I began to travel all over the world uh, for the last, for the next 18 years. Now, how did, they, <clears throat> how did you get to the point where you were asked to represent Havanos all over the place? That didn't just, they didn't just pick you because you spoke English. You, you, you were talented. Yeah, well, uh, so I, I started in the Partagas factory. I became a roller. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, you know, there are different categories in every factory. So when you are, every factory has a cigar rolling school. So what you got to go and you got to try to make it in nine months. So it doesn't mean that if you join the school, you're going to make it. So in my case, we were like 110 people that we signed in. Only 15 of us. After six and a half, seven months, we, we got it. And then when you do that, you just get the lowest label. Hmm. And then it's up to your skills how much time you need to get to go up. Or some people just stay the whole life and they never get out of the lowest label. Mm -hmm. Some people do it like out of 15 of us, 14 of us, we got to the highest label in less than a year. 
Mm. Wow. It was a very good team of uh, <clears throat> students in yeah. that, that class. So For everybody to do it, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it was a big combination also, like, they need people with the high category. You know, a, there are a lot of fats. It was not sure. just because of us. Yeah. Uh, but we were lucky that they need us, and then we had the skills. So mm -hmm. we weren't, our career was faster. So after being making cigars as a roller for two years, they decided to get me as a second manager of the rolling department in the whole factory, which I did for like almost three years. Mm -hmm. So it was also tough for me because I was like, 21 years old and I yeah, have like young. 350 rollers on the my command which uh, wow, that's big. the youngest one after <laughs> yeah. me was like twice my age so yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah, uh, it was there. bad but it was good at the same time because that let me just be able to move around the whole factory and learn not just how to make cigars just going everywhere in the factory which in the future helped me a lot because I spent my whole my whole life in Cuba working in retail stores which I knew the process, I knew the factory, and then I knew every name, commercial names, and everything that I learned in the in the factory. And uh, so I, I began to work in a in the tourist industry, in the cigar store, in the Romeo and Julieta cigar store, in the factory, in the Romeo factory. Mm -hmm. So I spent 13 years of my life working in that store. Wow. So of course, when you begin to interact with the consumers, right. people begin to talk about what you're doing in the store. So as a roller. And then, you know, they spray the voice, like this kid, the young kid that is there. So you begin to do your clientele, your mm. uh, regular customers that just come and order you to make costume rolls. So that, that was how, mm. you know, you get to the ears of Havanos and they wanted to know who was this young kid that was <laughs> doing cigars and this and that. Then they did, a, they invited me to a competition where they get the, the top 10 rollers of our company nationwide mm -hmm. and of course I was like 20 22 years old and oh, uh, the, so young. the young I mean I, I was I used to work with a lot of these guys and the youngest one after me was like maybe 50 something and uh, I mean these <laughs> are guys that they were factory managers uh, production managers and uh, so I remember we had a seat it was in the National Hotel in Havana it was the first time they invited me so so we're sitting having dinner before the, the, the competition. And, uh, and one of the old guys uh, turned to me is like, uh, hey, you, young kid, who do you think is going to win this? So then everybody now is looking at me. And I'm like, I won this already. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a war since you can say in front of a Cuban old people. They're, they're, their ego is like really big. You know? and, oh, and they man. turned to me like I said, hold on, hold on, guys. I already, when I said this, because, you know, for tonight, for one night of my life, I would be sitting in the same label as you guys mm. for how, how long takes this to take place. <laughs> okay. And the, the, the guy was like, well, okay, that's, that was well done. There's you know? a good recovery there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, because of the honor. That's yeah, but, yeah, but guess what? I won the competition. That's right. That's so, right. so you backed it up. And that was, that was my day, my time with the right, it was that the cream of a cream of the, industry mm. in that room it was a cigar dinner for like 300 people from all over the world all the distributors retailers company owners and then who is that young kid that just won the competition against mm. all these old guys so i met this um, i went to stage i got my prize so now out of nowhere nobody want to even see see me or talk to me before now everybody's want to take pictures with me mm -hmm. <laughs> who I am, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going down and I see this uh, Asian-looking woman with a camera, holding a camera in her hand and trying to get somebody to get a picture with me. So I turned to her and I, I turned to her in English and I'm like, do you want to take a picture with me? It's okay, hold on a second. So I call a waiter. I said, could you please take a picture of us? And then she just freaked out. Like, <laughs> like she just saw a ghost. Like, <laughs> so I took a picture with her and she's like, hold on, hold on. Who are you? Like, <laughs> you want this? You speak English? What's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm like, honey, listen, I'm, I'm half drunk now. <laughs> and I'm so happy. I want to be totally, like, busted. <laughs> so here's my business card. If you want to talk to me, tomorrow oh. I will be in the store. And, then, you know, the information is there. So we can talk tomorrow. So the following day, she, it happens to be that she was the manager of the Pacific Cigar Company, which is based in Hong oh. Kong. And they, have, okay. like, they, they distribute Cuban cigars all over Asia Pacific, and she was the manager of uh, Indonesia, 
Singapore and Malaysia. And uh, she was telling me about the company that I never heard in my life. And, you know, we always invite like a couple of rollers and you will be the next one. In three months, you will be flying to Hong Kong and you will be doing that. And I'm like looking at her and I'm like, you're just lying to me, you know. Like that. <laughs> I don't believe you, you know. Like I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. So I guess what? Three months later, I was flying to Hong Kong and doing the... Were you surprised when all that I actually was very, came together? I was very surprised. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I knew what was going on there. Right. It was like a little small group of people that they were, nobody was able to replace them. Mm -hmm. They were the mm -hmm. only guys that were going out of Cuba and that's it. And I, I was like, I'm 20-something. They're, they're never going to let me go. So, but it happened. So, so after that, I just opened my whole uh, traveling history. And a, big, and a big part of that, of course, was the fact that you could speak English. Yeah, right. I mean, that it was, was, that yeah, it was it a combination even. that I wasn't a bad roller. Right. And I was able to speak. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. That's fantastic. So tell us a little bit about this cigar that we're, that we're smoking now. Mm. So this cigar is, uh, is my first blend out of Cuba. So first of all, I, I was always, my goal was to do something, you know, Rocky, but I work with Rocky Patel. So mm -hmm. he's a big uh, guy in the industry and he has a lot of different blends yes mm -hmm. so my first my my focus was like i want to create something that had nothing to do in flavor wise or strength or anything i want to just create something unique that had nothing to do with any blend that okay. he already did mm -hmm. because the you know as a roller and, and a blender the worst that could happen to you is that when you create something after so much time is that somebody just try it and be like, yeah, this tastes like this or like this or like that. Right. So which means that your job was like technically like copying somebody else. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have your own signature. And, uh, and I, I got it. I, I did it. So I, I, I was trying to do something for myself, for me to smoke. My, the transition for me for being smoking Cuban cigars every day, all day long for 22 years. And then for nine today, have not a Cuban cigar in my hand. It was tough. Mm. So my first one, two months here in the U.S., I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so uh, honestly, yeah. And I, I, I adjust myself very quickly. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that it would take me forever to adjust my palate to a different tobacco until I put my hands in that Nicaraguan tobacco. And then I, I, I remember I blend the first cigar, I put it in my mouth, and lit it up, and I was like, oh, God, thank you so much. Man. <laughs> I can do something with this, you know, something mm -hmm. good. So this blend is, uh, is a combination of all Nicaraguan fillers uh, okay. from Jalapa, Condega. Mm -hmm. And the binder, what I did with the binder was something different, which it was like I did a double binder. Half a binder is from Mexico. Mm -hmm. The other half is from Brazil. So it's a Matafina and San Andres mm. binder combined. Okay. And then the wrapper is Mexican San Andres. So it's a medium to full body cigar. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I wanted to do was to change because I, I was trying a lot of cigars from different companies when I first came. And I, I was noticing that I'm, I'm a medium to full body cigar smoker. So I, I like that when I, I get engaged with a cigar, mm -hmm. the cigar don't leave me. I, I don't want the cigar that say bye to me so quick. So mm -hmm. if I get in love with a cigar, I want to get a relationship with the cigar <laughs> while I'm smoking it. So... It happens to me with a lot of cigars that I, I begin to smoke them. They start really good. They were growing, growing, growing. And then out of nowhere, they just drop down or they stay flat and, or they disappear. So that was another thing that I was really focusing. Like with this cigar, it's like it's going to be growing. Like every time you smoke it, it's going to be a little bit stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And if it stops growing, it stays. So it doesn't drop. Okay. Okay, so that's gotcha. what I was trying to do with this, and I okay. did, and okay. I did it. It's a medium, medium plus. Mm -hmm. So there are five. At the beginning, there were five different sizes. It was a Salomon, Robusto Grande, Robusto, Toro, Corona, mm -hmm. and then I create. While I was doing the events, I I created size, what that I called the Bala, which okay. means bullet, which is a it's a fifty uh, gauge on the head, mm -hmm. and at the foot is. 58 and it's, it's a very particular shape that i just created in the u.s and i was using them for as a five pack for whoever bought a box in mm -hmm. my events mm -hmm. and at the bottom is punch mm. so there's not another cigar like that so then people wanted that cigar so much that during the events that we decided to incorporate 
that size as a part of a, as a part regular, of regular line. line, yeah. And uh, that was what it was, yeah. Wow. And this is the Toro that we're smoking? That, this is the Toro, the one that we're smoking. Okay. And, um, I mean, you can see the burn on this is fantastic. Mm. It's a great straight burn and a kind of a whiter gray ash. Um, it's got a great burn line to it. I love San Andreas wrapper. It's quickly become, I think, one of my favorite favorite wrappers here and you can really really taste that earthiness that kind of coffee that leather right off the top what yep. are you picking up Aaron? getting some pepper that earth and there's a bit of sweetness too it's like mm-hmm. a raisiny sweetness but it's not overwhelming it's so there's it's a real strong earth mm-hmm. um but not you know you get some san andreas sometimes where the it's just they kind of threw it together and it's it just kind of tastes dirty <laughs> yeah yeah the earth is too much couldn't be no, farther but, from this but like, you this know is, what happened also is that i was I had the chance to be talking with consumers and retailers all over the country. And it's not what you put inside the cigars. It's how do you combine that with? Mm-hmm. Very you know, true. Like, I, I get guys that be like, San Andres, no, I, I don't touch that. I don't like it. And I'm like, but just give it a try. If you don't like it, put it in the ash. And when they try, they're like, are you sure this is uh, San Andres? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not just San Andres. It, mm-hmm. There is a lot of tobacco from different regions mm. and countries inside. So it's, and that's, that's, that's the key. How do you, because let me explain to you guys how do, how do we blend. I can use the same five different leaves, that, the five different components that go inside one cigar. Mm-hmm. And I can do countless blending. Hmm. Using the same tobacco, if you put two leaves of Biso, one leaf of Seco, one leaf of Ligero, half of binder and a wrapper, that's a blend. Mm-hmm. But if I just, using the same tobacco, do one and a half, one and a half, one and a half, it's another blend. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the tobacco, it's a proportion of how much right. you put of each one. And that is like, how do you find out what is the right combination of flavors and strengths and everything? And it takes you, it took me six and a half months. It's a funny story about this blend. I did 127 blends. Mm-hmm. It cost me six and a half months. And this cigar was the blend number one. That's <laughs> the first one. <laughs> yeah. The first blend. Now, you, I, there's a funny story. You know, I read a little bit about, about how you came up with this cigar. And, uh, you know, you were a little bit surprised when you realized that there was Brazilian tobacco in there. Uh, what, that that, that, that story is going to kill me my whole <laughs> life. Yeah, but it was true. You know, I was so blind. I didn't know anything about non-Cuban tobacco. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. And... Uh, so what happened was, because I, I wasn't even a green card holder, I wasn't able to get out of the country. So what Rocky was telling me was like, don't worry, I'm going to bring you tobacco from all over the world. And you decide what you want to do with mm. So I had a seat in the conference room full of bosses from all over the world. So every package has like a name, you know, like if it was, uh, let's say, Jalapa, Condega, Hamasran. So I was assuming, but some packages... They have like countries names, like uh, Indonesian or Mexican or whatever. So I was assuming that whoever had not a country on it, it was Nicaragua. So I was six months and a half later, I blend everything, thinking that I was, I got the countries. <laughs> so we bl- I blend the cigar, we send the, the blend to the cigar aficionado. Everything was done. So I'm sitting at home, having a cigar and a drink. During the weekend, and then a buddy of mine called me. It's like, hey, man, you got to check it out. You, you blend is in the cigar inside there. I'm like, wow, perfect. So I got into the internet, and then I begin to read the description of the blend. Uh, Biso is from here, blah, blah, blah. And then I, when it got to <laughs> the binder, it's like Mexican and Brazilian binder. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so I Somebody did call up. everybody in the company, the marketing manager, <laughs> Rocky Cousin, Rocky Brother, Rocky himself, and I make a big revolution now. And these guys are on their way on vacation, so I'm just making a big deal. So after like one hour, uh, Nimish, Rocky Cousin, calls me back, and he's like, Hamlet, slow down, and please tell me one by one the name <laughs> of the leaves that you put in your cigar. So I'm like, okay, this is uh, this is from Jalapa, blah, blah, blah. So when I go to the to the binder and said, and the binder is like half Mexican, half, half Matafina. There's no Brazilian. It's like Hamlet. 
Matafina is from Brazil. <laughs> and I go now and enjoy my holidays, please. You know, yeah. I need to rest. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, no. Even nowadays, after three years, he brings that out once in a while. You know, and I mean, it was true. The marketing department was uh, the sweating. <laughs> like, what the, did we do wrong? The whole story was that I, I blend this cigar with my palate. I had no idea yeah. which country was who. So. so when you're picking out the tobaccos you want to use, how do you isolate each individual flavor? Do you smoke, like make a puro of a specific that's tobacco? The, yeah, that's the dirty part of the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And it's a lot of work. So what you got to do is like, you get visas from, like, let's say, from Nicaragua, but for like 10, 15 different regions. Mm -hmm. So they are different. So what you got to do is you got you to do a galilla, which is just you roll the, the same leaf, and then you smoke it. And then you get the strength, flavors, and characteristics of each one of them. And then you take notes of each one of each one of the leaves that you have. So after you do that, then you begin to put this together with this and this and that. But you don't know what's going to happen. When you put them together, it could be like a sweet one with a little strong one and a spicy one. But when you put it together, totally different. <laughs> it's, it's not what you're thinking is wow. going to happen. So, mm. I mean, it's like, but that helps you a lot mm. because you get the base of how taste. Right, right. Like the leaf, you know, mm -hmm. that you want to use. But mm -hmm. it's not the 100% thing, but it, it helps you a lot. So it's more of a chemistry than it is a, like a recipe. Yeah, it, it is. Seems. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's really cool. There's such a great story about how that how that happens. Um, <clears throat> what are you picking up on this, Aaron? Uh, so the the peppers back down a little bit. So mm -hmm. there's still pepper on the retro. Uh, the earth and the sweetness is really well balanced. It's just, I'm really enjoying it. You know, uh, San Andreas is take it or leave it for me because I've had you know so many of those where it's just like it just tastes like dirt. Okay, mm -hmm. great. You, you use San Andreas, but this is it's really impressing me. I was nervous because I knew we were going to smoke. I was like, oh, I hope I like it because <laughs> it'll be really <laughs> awkward to be on the show. And you know what else too? I mean, this doesn't taste. I mean, to to you know your credit, this does not taste like anything Rocky Patel no. has done. That I, now he comes out with so much stuff. I've I don't, I know I haven't smoked everything of his, but this doesn't taste anything like. I, I would never think this was a Rocky Patel. Oh, I just want to you know Rocky Patel cigars are very good cigars. Yeah, really, really mm -hmm. good. I just wanted to put my little piece. In that family, <laughs> Something unique, yeah. good but different, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I did it. You did, yeah. It's great. Love yeah, it. it's very well balanced. The the and again, there's just the construction is great. The draw is fantastic, yeah. and that that earthy coffee, you know, flavor is really really nice. Yeah. And then you're left with this kind of um, almost like a black grape kind of sweetness to me yeah yeah that, yeah. that was the kind of raisins that yeah kinda, yeah and just it's it, not a straight raisin but it's yeah it's that little bit of sweetness that just kind of just enough thinking. yeah yeah it's very very good we are just about up for a break do you want to hang around for the second half and yeah, smoke another sure. cigar with us yeah well yeah you're twisting my arm yeah another <laughs> cigar. yeah i would think about it that's fantastic all right we're going to take a break we'll be right back and um we will be uh, announcing the Ash Hole of the Week, and we'll give our final thoughts on this uh, Hamlet, and we will smoke another one when we come back. In a time where humidors are overflowing and retailers' shelves are on the verge of buckling, there is one brand that stands out amongst the rest. Sereno Cigar Company offers four distinct blends. The Connecticut, the Medio, Maduro, and Maduro XX. The Sereno Royale Maduro XX, named number one cigar of 2016 by the Ashholes Radio Podcast, is a creation of elegance and sophistication. Crafted at the La Corona Cigar Factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, the Sereno Royale Maduro XX comes to life by the experienced hands of master blender Omar Gonzalez. Aleman and industry veteran Anthony Serena. To create this masterpiece, a blend of filler tobaccos from the fertile soils of Esteli and Jalapa are aged for over five years and then draped with a dark and luxurious Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper grown from the famed Habano 2000 seed to bring you an endlessly complex and full-bodied experience. A post-roll aging process of two additional years allow the blend to marry, creating unmistakable notes of rich cocoa, leather, and coffee that tantalize the palate, leaving you anticipating the next draw. Visit SerenoCigars.com for a list of retailers, and you can always find Sereno Cigars available at TwoGuysCigars.com. It was 2010 on my 50th birthday. Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars showed up in my office and honored me with a gift. 
it was a box of cigars. But this box of cigars was not what I expected, one I never saw before, something without the Perdomo name on it. It was my name, Garofalo. Garofalo Cigars has my name on it, but it was blended and created by Perdomo as a gift, a gift of a brand of cigars. So what should you expect from a Garofalo cigar? Rich layers of complex flavors, but offered in a mild to medium body profile. A blend comprised of fine Cuban seed Nicaraguan tobaccos, including a triple fermented five-year-aged Connecticut shade wrapper. I'm honored to have Garofalo, my name, surrounding such a wonderful cigar. I would be honored if you would give a Garofalo cigar a try. Garofalo Cigars, an honor. Cigar smokers, how about if we go over a few cigar store sounds? Can you guess what this is? Think you got it? Okay, do you know what this is? Now for the cigar. What do you think of this cigar? I'm lighting up a Lagiana Havana cigar. The Lagiana Havana natural cigars are, oh yeah, so smooth. And oh yeah, the Maduro version is a bit beefed up. But oh yeah. They're delicious, too. When asked what my favorite cigar is, I always say, it's La Giana Havana. Oh, yeah. In a world where the success of a cigar brand is recognized by its flavor, comes two that go head-to-head. One man smoking two cigars at the same time. Two rappers united in name, but separated by taste. One cigar known as the natural. The natural is no lightweight. It boasts full flavor and taste. The United Cigar Natural. Now comes the Maduro. Darker and even more bolder. With in-your-face flavor. United Cigar. Nothing could prepare you for what awaits you in the box. Both box pressed. Both 65 million years in the making. Uh, that may be wrong. Well, I'm going with it anyway. Action, adventure, and bromance. That's right. Bromance. United Cigar. Available in natural or Maduro. Available only at appointed United Cigar retailer shops nationwide. Rated D for delicious. Under 18, not admitted even with a parent. United Cigars. You don't have to choose. Smoke them both. In 1848, in honor of the English poet Lord Byron, a cigar brand named Byron was first created. Through three centuries, Byron has gone through many hands, but today it is back with the family that first created them. Returning to the early days, now the brand, in a very limited quantity, is produced in a small factory in Costa Rica. Nelson Alfonso offers three Byron blends honoring all three centuries of Byron, Siglo 19, Siglo 20, and Siglo 21. Other cigars sit in an aging room for 60 days, but every Byron cigar sits in an aging room for a period of at least one full year, then and only then into ultra-luxurious porcelain jars and state-of-the-art cigar humitubes packaging. Sure, Byron's packaging is unique and costly to produce, but nothing else will do for a cigar of this quality and taste. Byron Cigars. Cigars of poetry. Sophisticated. Byron. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Ash Holes. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, virtually anywhere where you can find a podcast, you will find us. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ash Holes and on Instagram at Ash Holes Radio. Um, we have with us um, Hamlet Paredes. Did I get it right? <laughs> sort of. Yeah. You He's got being it. very kind. All right, uh, from Rocky Patel, and we are smoking his Hamlet cigars, and we just in the first half smoked the Hamlet tab- uh, uh, Tabacero, Toro, and um, that was a very rich, earthy cigar. It's got that San Andreas um, wrapper, part of the binder too, right? Yeah. Yep, <clears throat> and uh, earth, leather, and kind of a dark coffee in there. And Towards I'm, the end, I was picking up a little anise, which is... A little anise, yeah, too? Yeah, so it was, it was starting to transition. So. Okay. And um, a very rich sweetness, too, behind it all mm. that was, you know, a little bit hard to 
defined for me. You know, black grape was kind of the closest yeah, I was able yeah. to get to it. But a medium plus cigar, very, very nice. Goes fantastic with the nitro cold brew here at the <laughs> Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. And um, just a great, great cigar. Big thumbs up for yeah. me. It's fantastic. Yeah, thumbs Thank up you. here, too. It was really <clears throat> impressive. Thank you so much. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. So uh, kind of continuing our interview here, um, you know, one of the things I read uh, in an interview that um, with uh, Cigar Aficionado was you said by just looking at the cigar, you could tell that you rolled it <laughs> or somebody else rolled it, that, you, that, that there are tells that, that every, mm. every roller has their own kind of signature way of doing things. What are some of those tells for you? And, and is that really true? Can you really pick your cigar out of like, there's a hundred unmarked cigars? Oh, wow. and, oh, yep, that's one of mine. Yeah, yes and no. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, you get, remember, you know, we are thousands of us making cigars. Right. But believe it or not, every one of us, we get our own touch in the cigar. So there's some of us that we work really similar one to each other mm -hmm. in the way that we wrap the cigar and uh, stretch the wrapper and make the caps. But what, everybody has their own way to sign in and, mm -hmm. and be like, this is mine. So what I did comment uh, during the <clears throat> Cigar Aficionado interview, if I don't remember wrong, was like when I used to be the manager at the Batagas factory, I used to be able to, to look at the cigars from a little bit far away, like thousands of them, and then be like that half wheel is from number 118 and the other one there is from, you know, in, like that two half wheels. So half wheel, we call it like 50 Yep. cigars in the bundle and it, one was in here the other one was in the other in the other side <laughs> and then when the guy just was like, which one that one no yeah that one it was a hundred and eighteen both of them <laughs> and that was i recognized them because <clears throat> that was that touch of that roller that it was unique so i did that with like a bunch of them so wow. including my cigars <laughs> that's I, amazing i knew that's experience right there. i mean yeah. like, i can feel like if you bring me maybe 10 cigars and two of them they look similar and one of them is not mine Maybe, but but there is a signature that you 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 know you know when it's mm -hmm. you the one that made it or not. Mm -hmm. It's true. <laughs> that's that's so awesome. Is there a distinct difference between how cigars are rolled in Cuba versus a Nicaragua? Oh, great question. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, here we go. <laughs> I will tell you something. I've been to a few factories in Rocky Patel factory in Nicaragua. It is exactly the same way that we roll cigars in Cuba. And that where my cigars are made. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the good thing about it for me is like I don't have to get adjusted mm -hmm. to a different way to roll. Right, it's very So familiar. we do, we do uh, entubado, which is like you take mm -hmm. the leaf and you make a tube, mm -hmm. and then you place one leaf next to the other. So in that, in that order, uh, you create like a, when you push the fillers, they, they're going to do something like this, so the leaf never get inside one right. in the other. So you got an easy draw because all these leaf next to the others in tubes, they're going to create air channels for the smoke to go through. Mm -hmm. So they're never going to get one inside the other. So they're never going to block the, the smoke. So the big reason behind that is that the corner of that factory is a Cuban guy. It's a Cuban roller. Mm -hmm. And he, he does a great job. His name is Amikar, uh, And he's, I mean, that's the best thing that happens to me back in the factory. It's like mm. with my eye closed, I know that he's like me doing the cigars there. Because one thing is also like I was worried. My biggest concern when I came to this country and I had the, my goal was to get in the industry and make cigars and blend cigars and that <clears throat> was like, first of all, with who are going to be working down there mm -hmm. and how are they going to make the cigars? How do they going to reproduce any blend that I create? Because you can create any blend, but at the end of the day, you know the one that is going to be making the thousands of bosses that they're going to be making are the rollers. So the good thing about this, all this side of the story, because in Cuba, that, that's, it's, it's, it's similar, the, the way they work, but at the same time, it's totally different. Okay. So in Cuba, as a roller, you have to do everything. You made the cigar from the beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. So only one person bunched the cigar and put the wrapper on it. Mm. 
in Honduras, Nicaragua, uh, Dominican, they work by pairs. So one person is a buncher, the guy, the person next to this guy is just putting the wrappers on it. So uh, this guy is just making the inside, just blending. Mm -hmm. The other one is just putting the wrappers. Mm. So in that way, in my own opinion, it's even better for to keep the quality and the consistency mm -hmm. and yeah. all that because just let's talk about this little this factory that Rocky has in Nicaragua is a, we call it like a little boutique factory. Mm -hmm. They have like around 70 pairs. So we're talking about like only I mean 70 people. Let's see, yeah, 70 pairs. So okay. 70 people literally are the only ones that are blending. Hmm. The other 70 I'm putting the wrappers on hmm. it. So it's very easy to concentrate the, the consistency and the mm -hmm. quality with just 70 instead of 700. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's not the same to control 700 people blending that 70. So it's very easy to go and fix it up when something goes wrong. There's a problem you call them by name. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So by the way, by the way, one of the sizes that I have in the Tabaquero mm -hmm. is that bala, right, the bullet. Right, yeah. And the other one is a Salomon. There's only one guy that made that. Okay. Only one. Only one guy yeah, that is a one. bunch of that. So if anything happens, so it's that the, guy. It's not like it's not Roberto, Juan, Pedro. No, no, no. It's Roberto. That's it. It's not another guy. You know. So it's very easy to control that. You know. Mm. And that, that that that's what I like from uh, from this other side of the uh, industry, mm. besides Cuban, because in Cuba, you gotta do everything. Also, the 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 amount of cigars that they can make is double, triple. When you're doing just one thing, you create an, a speed that is like crazy. So right. if you're just bunching, you can do like, I mean, these pairs, they can do like 350, 400 cigars in a day. Wow. Depends on the size. If you are a rolling in Cuba and you got to do everything, you, it, it depends on the size. You know, if you're making like a uh, robusto size, you got to do 120 in eight hours. If you're doing like uh, Dovo Coronas, you got to make 80. Of them, but if you're doing like petit coronas, you got to do 135. Wow! So as smaller and easier is to make the cigar, mm -hmm. you got to make more. Okay. As more complicated and you need more time in the cigar, like the Salomons in Cuba, for example, they need to do just 60 cigars in eight hours. Wow! But you bunching and wrapping them. Right, all by yourself. Yeah, all by yourself. So that's that's a bit that's for me is the biggest difference mm. between. The Cuban industry, in terms of rolling cigars, mm -hmm. and the non-Cuban industry. All right, yeah. now you you were at the top of your game, number one roller in Cuba. You were smoking the best Cuban cigars that they <laughs> that they had because you were making them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now now you're you're you you have your own line, and you smoked other. How do you stack up these Hamlets to? The cigars you were doing in Cuba. Do you, do you think that you that you are producing something that's on par with what you had before? Is it you know better, worse? I mean, what, how would you compare this to what you were <clears throat> to what you were doing in Cuba? Okay, first of all, I wasn't the number one roller in Cuba, so okay. I wasn't. I was. I was. I was in the top five. Let's say that. All right. My mom and dad said, "All right, you got to be in the top five. We'll be honest here. <laughs> top five. So. All right. I'm willing to. I, but my question still holds. That you're one of the <laughs> best rollers uh, in Cuba. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I mean, now that I I, I was able to uh, to touch by myself that the American industry, which is by far the biggest in the whole world, mm -hmm. as, just as a country, is like huge." And I had no idea until I saw it. Uh, I said that, you know, the biggest issue with me when I left Cuba and came here, for so many years, I created a lot of followers mm -hmm. from all over the world. So these guys, they were supporting me for all these years. And that these guys are the reason that I'm here now talking to you. And I have a couple of blends with me. Um, and that's the reason that Rocky was interested in just to get me on board and so on, you know. And, but it's a different story, you know. Cuban tobacco is Cuban tobacco. As, and this will be that never ends questions for me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm fine with that. Uh, 
Dominican Tobago is Dominican Tobago, as is Nicaragua, Hondurans, or Mexican, or Brazilian. So it, that's the question to you is like you're comparing apples and oranges. That's, it is. It is like uh, you can you can create a gray cigar, but you cannot reproduce that particular right right flavor can, from correct. You know from different countries. Like you know when somebody asks me that, I always use the wine as an example. Mm -hmm. So you can take any grapes from France and bring it in here to California and do a great wine. But it's not a French wine. It's a U.S. California wine. Right, right. That's which true. You are going to have people that love it and people that don't like it, you know. But you don't want to be able ever to reproduce a French wine in, in the U.S. Right. Because that's a U.S. Uh, wine. Mm -hmm. Cuban cigars, they're great. Uh, I love them. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to lie. They are the reason that I'm here. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. This is a new path of my life, mm -hmm. which uh, I'm very fortunate that I'm with Rocky Patel and joined mm -hmm. this great company and great guy. And I, have, I put my hands in a very good tobacco that I can do a lot of things with. I had no idea. I was one of that guys that said, there's just Cuban cigars and Cuban cigars and that's it. There's nothing mm -hmm. else. No, that was me. I don't want to lie. Until I was touching this Nicaraguan and, you know, now I'm like coming back almost to my beginning, you know, like right. I'm building my name in a country that nobody had a clue who I was. <laughs> so I like kind of like the first two, three months in this country, I was like, wow, did I did right or wrong? Like, <laughs> you know, I was building my name all over the world. And now I'm like, I got to start from zero, but I'm good with that. You know, that, right, sure. And the main reason of that is like, I'm free. Mm -hmm. So that was what I was looking for when I came to this country. So, and I, I, I talked to myself and my wife and I said, we, we got it. We did it. Mm. No matter what happened now, but we're free. Now, what, you know? what led to that? What led you to the point where you thought, I want to leave Cuba? So I mean, I, that, had to be, that had to be a hard decision. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, well, in my case, I have been, uh, been always, since I was very young, I've been a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And I, I always was thinking, even though I was in Cuba when I was 17, 18, starting the factory, the first things I realized myself is like I had a seat in between the two oldest guys in the factory. And uh, that they spent the whole life there in that seat. And I, I was looking at them every day and like I talked to myself every single day, mm. no matter what happened, you got to get out of here. You, you got to learn as much as you can. You got to take every knowledge that you get from them, but you got to find your way out of here. I, I thought to myself, I, I don't want to be here my whole life. I'm gonna, I mean, I got to do something else, you know? Mm. And so I always was dreaming. I have big goals in my life. And it, I mean, the truth is the truth. You cannot have goals there. You know, there's always somebody telling you, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. So even though if you plan your life, there's no plan. There's no, there's no plan B. It's mm -hmm. like, if the A fails, that's it. So I was like, I didn't want to do it. I really want to stay there, but I mean, life is too short. And, uh, and I always say that I want to be the guy that turned 84 years old and be sitting in my backyard, smoking a cigar, getting a glass of whatever I'm drinking and be like, I made it. Mm. Mm. Or, and I'm still fighting for it. Or, you know, I just got tired, but I'm here. Mm. I didn't want to be the guy that be like asking myself for the rest of my life, being 84 years old. So what about if I tried? What about if I right. decided and mm. did it and tried like 20 years ago or 40 mm. years ago? So and, and that's what that's my journey now. So trying to make it. So and I think I'm, I'm not doing that bad. So no, you're not. I'm in a good track. <laughs> I'm in a good track. Yeah. So tell us about this cigar here. This is the uh, the 25th year. Yeah, it is. So I've been, uh, believe it or not, uh, for me it's very hard to understand this. <laughs> still. I've been doing cigar for 25 years. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> what I did now was uh, we just launched this cigar in the last IPCBR in Vegas in July. So we were looking for something now different from the Tabacero, which mm -hmm. it was medium plus. Mm -hmm. So now this one is going to be a It is a cigar for everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's a mild to solid medium. Mm -hmm. has a lot of flavor, a lot of sweetness. And the, the goose... The good thing about this is that the cigar has a strength. So it's not a mild cigar. Mm -hmm. It's a medium, solid medium. And it doesn't have ligero inside, which ligero is the stronger leaf. That is part of one of the components that we mm -hmm. always put in the cigar. But because of a Nicaraguan tobacco has a lot of power, 
So for me to replace that uh, Ligero leaf, so I use a, a lot of uh, Honduran tobacco, which they have a lot of sweetness mm -hmm. on it. And the touch of a strength, I got it from the Bisu from Nicaragua, which just increased a lot the, the strength, but it doesn't overpower mm -hmm. the cigar. So just keep the right balance. The sweetness, the aroma, and then the binder is a Pennsylvania broadleaf, which also has like, it's very rich in flavor. Mm -hmm. And the wrapper is a Havano Equatorian Rosado wrapper. So it's a very nice, even, you know, heavy smokers like, like me. Yep, myself For too. me, it's like a lovely morning cigar. Mm -hmm. For somebody that smoke mild cigars would be like a after lunch or morning or after dinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, it's, it's in, the, in the house with anybody. So mm -hmm. mild smokers medium and full body they will enjoy this uh cigar yeah there's lots <clears throat> of stuff going on with this cigar it's uh um this kind of on the on the retro it's got this kind of white red pepper mm -hmm. it's very you know strong it's almost like a like a hot sauce kind of a flavor that's left in my nose after that but mm -hmm. the what's on the palate is you know not peppery at all no i'm getting more of like a toasted wheat yeah, toasted wheat, you know, maybe espresso <clears throat> kind of stuff going on in there. And um, that sweetness that you're talking about is, is definitely there, too. And it's just very balanced, very nuanced. That's the, I mean, the, 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 the kit of this cigar is like the, the great balance that mm -hmm. all this leaf just did. And, you know, when I, when I, I, what I love about is when, I, when somebody buy it or I, they try it for the first time, I let them just to go a little bit farther, mm -hmm. smoking it, and then they, I wouldn't just them to tell me what is going on. Mm. So more, almost 99% of the people is like, wow, man, yeah, it has a kick, not that big kick, but has strength and this and that. And they're like, yeah, but you know what? Guess what? There's no hero inside. And they're like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm like, no, no, I'm not. So there's not. So that's that. For people that know about cigars, they mm. know that how do you do a cigar without that leaf, you know? And still have strength. Yeah, you really and get well balanced. You know, you don't. I don't miss it at all. I mean, this, there's nothing lacking in this cigar. Mm -hmm. yep. Very good. Um, I think to get, help give us a little bit more time to get into this cigar, let's let's do the Miles with Styles. Okay, um, Miles with Styles. If you're just joining us for the first time, and, and for your benefit, um, Michelle uh, <clears throat> Styles is one of our regular listeners, and she's a professional surfer. She goes all over the world surfing, and, and um, uh, every week she's it's like she's on a different continent <laughs> or whatever. And wherever she is, she stops and talks about cigar shops that she's seen and visited at, and kind of lets us know about what's going on, you know, where to eat, where to stay, and and um, so this past week she was in the Galapagos Islands, mm. and uh, so let's see what she has to say. Aloha. Sad to report, I didn't find any cigar shops in the Galapagos Islands. I smell an opportunity to go international for two guys' smoke shops. I did, however, find a wonderful adventure. If you visit, be prepared for heat. Man, it was hot. But the islands are incredible. They're wild and untamed. Though you wouldn't guess it, the surfing here is incredible. Excellent waves, clean beaches, and abundant views make the surfing a truly unique experience that's hard to beat. I went on a couple nature hikes, saw animals which only exist on these tiny islands, and learned a lot about the efforts to preserve these same animals. If you make it, I highly recommend the nature hikes with a guide as well as snorkeling. It's the best way to truly see the wonders of these islands. Every turn was filled with plants, animals, smells, and colors that tickled the senses and brought a rush and excitement to every moment. Be careful as they take littering seriously. The fine of $1,000 alone should be enough, but they'll add 20 hours community service cleaning up garbage to that. The animals are not skittish in the least, and it's not uncommon to find them in the chairs, benches, and swimming pools. The trip is expensive, but if it's on your to-do list, you won't be disappointed. Flights are a pain, you can't rent a car easily, and tours fill up fast. But the friendly islanders, great food, and incredible experience more than make up for that. 
This has been Miles with Styles, and you're listening to The Ashholes <laughs> on the United Podcast Network. No cigars in the Galapagos Islands. <clears throat> Go figure. <laughs> We need to do something about that. I mean, that. I'm surprised to hear the swimming pools. So that's <laughs> what I know about the Galapagos. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's good. That's awesome for Michelle. She's back in Hawaii now. She'll be there for the next two, three weeks before oh. she's off again. More continents, more surfing. <laughs> Living the life, right? Living the life. <laughs> Living the dream. Pursuing her own dream. That's awesome. Um, so, Aaron, what are you picking up with this right now? I mean, there's a lot of complexity to it. You know, it, I got the, the mm. toasted wheat. Uh, there's some spice in there, a little bit of sweetness. Uh, it's hard to pull out all the, you know, precise flavors, but there's a lot going on here. Uh, really firm pack, so in, but such a great draw. So, that I mean, that's, that's the... That's the Intubo Row, yep. Um, yep. But such a contrast to the first cigar we smoked, where it was, you know, that just power flavor. Uh, still a lot of flavor here, but it's a very, very different experience. Uh, yeah, you know what, that... We we did that in the wrong way. We should have smoked <laughs> this one first and then yeah. go for the other one. But I mean, that was the first one that I blend, so mm-hmm. you know we had. Yeah, to we were going chronologically. Yeah, we were yeah. going chronologically, which made. But we were sense. killing our palates, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's no. It doesn't seem to be any overlap between the flavors. Aside, you know, its quality is a lot of flavor going on, but it's a very different experience. Mm. Um, now, when you left Cuba, what what kind of were there repercussions for that? I mean, you know, was there, has, have you had any trouble with, with Cuba in your relationships with people <clears throat> there, going back? No, no, no. With no. family? Not at all. It used to be like that, like maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but not when I left, like three years ago. And, uh, and that was one of the main reasons that I, I was holding myself just to don't get anybody else in trouble mm-hmm. after I left. So what I did was uh, I took my vacation days bought my plane ticket, flew to Toronto, and that's it. So mm. I did it all <laughs> on my own. So it was a one-way ticket. So, But it was not a big deal. I've been back four times. Right. No problems at all. Like That's great. Anyways, anytime I go there, I just you know have another two kids there, mm-hmm. my first marriage. So it's all about them. So mm. I don't even go to party or this or that. <laughs> I just go to my kid's house, spend... 10, 15 days with them, come back. No, the, the biggest thing for me, and I love it, is like I'm coming back to what I was. Mm. No internet, no Facebook, no Instagram, <laughs> nothing. No cell phone, nothing. It's like, I'm like, wow, yeah, I like this. You so know, vacation. Like, Very simple. Vacations, like, relax, yeah. you know. And then when I came back, people was like, where have you been, man? Like, I, I was in Cuba. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, no, 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 no. Cuba just, you know, like, relax. Mm. Enjoy it. No social media, nothing, you know. But I don't know. It's been good. Like, I mean, I had, I never had problems there, so. That's great. I was clean and I stay clean. No, no problem. I never had any any issue there mm. at all. What's What's next for you and uh, Rocky Vitale? Are you working on anything else right now, or are you? Yeah, still we have we have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, projects, you know. But uh, you know, we're gonna do like at the right time, step by step. Uh, I actually, you know, compared to the six and a half months that I, it took me to blend the first one, I did this one in, in three and a half. So mm. instead of 127, I did 87. <laughs> That's a huge Instead of to be the first one was the seven. So, <laughs> Seventh yeah. one. So, I mean, I'm getting into the now, like the different flavors of the leaves on here and I mean, from everywhere in the world and uh, but it's tough, it's tough. You, you need time and and. Even though I've been in the industry for 25 years, uh, I'm never going to know every single thing about the industry. Right. Because the industry is not just to make the cigars or blending or selling them. It's a whole mm. uh, background, like farms and, you know, the seed and then planting them, fermenting them. And it's, I mean, like around like 500 plus people touch, be involved in the, in the, in the process before you get the cigar in your hand. Wow. So it's not just that, you know, what we see and what we read is just a little bit of uh, that big monster, which is the industry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how many people are behind that. So Yeah, it's, it's easy to forget or, you know, take, uh, take for granted how many people it takes to bring, these, uh, to bring a single cigar to market. 
between the growing of the tobacco, the harvesting, the caring for it. Uh, there's so many hands touch you and for at your factory you say there's actually we do 500. we do you know with Rocky Patel we do uh, like factory tours. Mm-hmm. We bring people to the Honduras and Nicaragua factory. We bring them to the farms and when people go there and came back, they are different people. So there's wow. one person that goes there a totally different person that goes back because <laughs> they realize how much work is mm, behind that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for being with us, no, man. I pleasure. can't believe the hour's yeah, already up. It's nuts. <laughs> Big thumbs up for this cigar. Yeah, thumbs up here. Thank you so much. Yep. A this lot of flavor there. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Ashholes Unfiltered Cigar Radio, broadcasting from the Serena Royale stage at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You can download this and any episodes you may have missed on iHeartRadio, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, and Podbean. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at The Ashholes and on Instagram at Ashholes Radio. We'll be back next week. See you then. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.